Welcome to episode 67 of the Fantasy Alarm Baseball Podcast. Exactly two weeks from opening day. Things are getting hectic. There's spring training updates aggregating every day on the website. Player profiles still streaming in, and I see tons of updates still coming around the bend. I have Matt Sells riding shotgun with me tonight. Uh, Matt, quick hello. How are you doing this evening? I am doing pretty well. Um, like you said, two weeks until opening day. It's very nice to have opening day in April this year as opposed to uh, having to wait it out until, what, July last year. So this is pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and we're going to get fans at basically every ballpark. So that's pretty nice to see, too. Yeah, I, I know the ball players are really into that. So in case you are not following him, and I'm not sure why, especially if you play NASCAR or if you're a prospect person, it's at the salesman, S-E-L-Z-M-A-N on the Twitter machine. We have a ton of topics to go through, so I don't want to spend a lot of time pontificating about things that are not pertinent. So we're going to rock right into it, and, and we're going to lead off with a bunch of position battles. They're all over the landscape. There's a lot of things being decided not just who's going to play, but where they're going to hit. And there's a ton of uh, ton of fantasy impact with all of those things, especially when you, you start losing plate appearances and things of that nature. I've already been prepping for my uh, my fantasy face-off with, with, with uh, Jen because she's taking pro Kayvon Biggio and I'm taking the anti, so that'll be an interesting little argument. But uh, with all that being said, we're going to start with Cleveland. They've got a few things going on, but one of them is – can Ahmed Rosario handle center field? And if he can, does he take over that position from Oscar Mercado, who really hasn't been hitting this well in spring? Um, so you and I were talking a bit before the podcast, getting ready, and um, Ahmed Rosario has played center field in two spring training games that we've noted this week. Um, he looked okay out there. I mean, clearly it's a different position for him. He's been, you know, come up as a shortstop. Uh, mostly, and then got kind of booted off that when he got injured and Andres Jimenez came up with the Mets last year. Um, but it appears that his only real shot to stick with the Major League Club is to make center field. I mean, otherwise he's just going to be a util bat off the bench, really. So um, I think his bat can play. Um, I don't think there's any concern about his offense. It's just a matter of how much defense he's going to be able to play out there in center field. And, you know, for a team like Cleveland that I don't think they see themselves as necessarily fully competing this year in the AL Central, um, they might take a chance on Rosario sitting out there and learning the routes and, you know, improving day by day in real action. Yeah, I'm... We'll have to see. Now, he, he hit leadoff in Thursday's game just to uh, to get reps out there and see what can happen. But, you know, it, it's funny. Andres Jimenez took the job from him in New York, and now he's doing the same thing in Cleveland. Is there an outside chance that Cincinnati bites the bullet and does not put um, the next topic at shortstop and maybe deals for Rosario on the cheap if if, if that becomes an option in the next couple of weeks? I mean, uh, there's a little bit of time, although it's running short. It's possible, I guess, that, that Cleveland could try to flip Ahmed Rosario uh, to, I guess, bolster their, what I already consider to be a top three uh, farm system in terms of depth. Um, well, Cincinnati has outfielders. Yes, they do have outfielders. Cleveland still needs them. This has been a topic 
for like what three four years now mm-hmm. um even with getting eddie rosario in the offseason they still need more outfielders um so yeah i mean i guess it's possible the other op- the other option is you send rosario down to triple a and have him learn center field down there well, at the alternate site, that's a definite. At the just, alternate site, and then AAA, like a month later when AAA starts. Um, that's a possibility, gonna, but I, I don't know off the top of my head if he has any options left or not. That's, that's, I'm going to look that up as we get into the next subject. So that that's kind of a perfect segue. Do you think Cincinnati Reds will fill their shortstop position in-house with Eugenio Suarez? Um, so there's been a lot of buzz about this. Uh, this week, I guess a, a, a beat writer started it right when they said that he was taking reps at shortstop. Yeah. Um, C. Rosencrantz from the Athletic. Right. So the the Reds have been looking for a solution for their shortstop spot all off season because let's face it, Jose Garcia looked really overmatched in the short season last year uh, at the plate. Um, there's talk that they could still go back to him and let him try to, you know, sort out the bat. Um, You know, there's also talk that Cincinnati doesn't necessarily need a third base spot to be filled because they have Senzel in center, but they have Jonathan India down in the farm system who could come up and play third base for them right now. So, well, no, the, if you're looking at the alignment, they're saying India at second base, Mustakas at third and Suarez at short. Oh, well, that would be... India's been playing second base the last five true. games. He has. They have moved India there. Um, and M- Moustakas is happier at third. Well, yeah, I mean, it's his natural position. He's not really, like, off balance, and, you know, his athleticism isn't really fully tested out at third base like it is at second base. Um, ultimately, I think what they probably do is play Kyle Farmer at shortstop. Um, and then if that's not working, then they bring India up, uh, at some point early in the season. So as not to start the clock on him quite yet. Um, but yeah, I think Eugenio Suarez sticks at third base to start with Farmer at short and Mustakis at second. And if that's not working, then they do the swappity do and put Suarez at short Mustakis at the hot corner and India at second base. That's a lot of shuffling in season. That I'm, this is something I'm going to monitor. Yeah, very but closely it's not a team that's going to compete in the NL Central. Central's wide open. They're going to be a fourth place team in that division. <laughs> uh, staying with this same team, uh, neither potential closer has worked in a actual game, although it appears Amir Garrett's about to appear uh, on either Friday or Saturday uh, for the Reds. Uh, Lucas Sims is still just tossing on the side and in B games. Uh, Sean Doolittle has not been doing well, but he's hinted that in the spring training, he doesn't bring everything that he has to it, but it's tough to ignore the amount of home runs he's, he's issuing. Uh, do, do you foresee anyone taking this bullpen role and running? Uh, well, if we take Amir Garrett at his word, he gave an interview earlier this week on, I think it was MLB Network. Uh, yes in which he basically declared himself the closer and said the job is his. He's waited in line long enough like they asked him to, and he feels that the job is his. Um, Whether management has actually told him it's his or it's just his bravado taking over, which I think it's the latter and not the former, um, 
I think we got to kind of trust Amir Garrett at this point to take that closer role because, let's face it, Lucas Sims is still injured. Sean Doolittle is, I believe, a shell of himself at this point. Um, do you, so do I you think... trust Garrett with the forearm? He had forearm tightness. That's why he wasn't throwing. Um, yeah, I would take the I would take the shot on him. I think resting him will probably solve that. As far as I'm aware, there wasn't any other concern there except just a little bit of tightness. I know that that can lead to other things. Yeah. Um, but I and would say I would say Garrett's probably the guy to target right now. And there is a plot twist because Michael Lorenzen just started taking reps in the outfield again. <clears throat> I don't think Lorenzen will be taking reps in the outfield if he's going to be a starting pitcher. He also, by the way, didn't he give up two home runs to Otani? Yes. The other day, and then he came he off said the mound one was and said Otani was his favorite player. Yeah, he said one was an Arizona home run, but the second one was legit. But uh, you can take all that with a grain of salt. But I think the bigger issue here is, is I... I know a lot of people were banking on Lorenzo being in that rotation. Uh, they're stretching Hoffman out. They're stretching Antone out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Lorenzo, I mean, wouldn't that be the the ultimate uh, troll job if the Reds end up putting Lorenzo as the closer? That would be. I mean, he served basically every role on that team so far, except for, I think, catcher. Um, I, I, I still think this is going to go back to the Brewers when they had three guys getting a bunch of saves with Derek Johnson as a pitching coach. I, I think that's too hard to ignore. I don't think they care about who closes games. They're just going to do their best to win any game that they have a chance to close out. Uh, I, I see this being one of those things where somebody gets a save, everybody goes and adds them, and then the next game somebody else gets it, and they're all going to be frustrated. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Um and I don't have any issue with that take. Uh, I would say that Garrett may have the leg up right now. Um, but that doesn't count for much two weeks before opening day, I guess. Yeah, I want to see him in the game, and I want to see the readings. But the hard part is there. I think there's only one or two parks in Arizona that has the StatCast data available. It's, it's so hard because I love looking at those uh, velocity readings, and it's – I only get them, you only get them from, uh, I think it's six ballparks. So it really makes it tough. You're like praying that a game's in one of the stat cast parks so you can see the specific information. Uh, let's transition to Colorado because there's always questions with their playing time, positions, things of that nature. Uh, gun to your head, Eileen Crone, but Josh Fuentes or Crone at first base? Uh, I would say. If they're in the mood to win now, I would say it'd be C.J. Crone. If they want to try to develop and see what Josh Fuentes is, then it'd be Fuentes. Who, by the way, I'm pretty sure is a cousin of Nolan Arenado, if he I'm is. not mistaken. Um, so that's a I, little bit odd now to, to not have like your family member on the other side of the diamond. Um, I but think I, the odd I would, part here is I think what hurts Fuentes is the fact that he can also play third and move around. I think Colorado would rather have that on the bench. And then if they need to uh, put Fuentes in to face a tough lefty instead of Ryan McMahon, they have that capability. Yeah. Uh, or if something happens with Crone, they've got him to take over. Uh, you know, I, I'm not scared of Greg Bird, but uh, no, I, I, I know – I know you're a I know you're a Brendan Rodgers guy, but he just can't stay healthy. Just a little tweak from the sounds of things. Uh, either Garrett Hampson's playing second base or center field from everything that I'm reading. They're, I believe they're going to finally give him 
a chance to play full time, which my TGFBI roster is banking on because I'm hoping he can get me 30 steal stolen bases. Um, how do you feel about this? I mean, I know Hampson's playing there now because Rogers is hurt. Yeah. I mean, they want Rogers at second base, and if that's the case, then that ripple that that has the ripple effect on Sam Hilliard, right? Right, because if they play Rogers at second base, they're going to play Hampson in center field, and then Hilliard's the odd guy out. Because um, I don't think they're going to move him to left field. I don't think that makes any sense for them to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, your number one ability is availability, right? Like, and Brendan Rodgers doesn't have that right now. This is the second offseason in a row he's come in uh, injured, banged up. Last year it was coming off a of surgery, and then the season got all kind of wonky. And then didn't he get injured during the season, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, uh, I, I know I know. Jim Bowden's referred to it as like a, a health DNA. He's like some guys have the DNA to stay healthy and some guys yep. don't. And that would be Brendan Rodgers right now. I think talent-wise, there's no doubt that he's the best of the group between McMahon, Hampson, and himself. Um, but he can't stay healthy. And when you can't stay healthy, you can't prove what you can do on a baseball field. So I think it's Hampson um, at second base. McMahon is penciled in as the starter at third base. Um but watch for a guy named Colton Welker, who may mm-hmm. come up. Um, people in the Rockies organization think that he has the same defensive skills as Nolan Arenado. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got defense, you can keep yourself on the field until your back comes around. Uh, so watch for a guy, Colton Welker, midseason, if they really want to bring him up and need to change some stuff around. So I think Hampson at second base right now. Okay, interesting. Boston, uh, they they have not announced who's going to close games for them. They they keep going back and forth. They have not pitched on the same day, so you can't really discern a pecking order. Um, Matt Barnes or Adovino, uh, Eileen Barnes opening the season. Where are you? I I lean the same way. Barnes has been pretty solid for them the last year and a half or so. Um, there, I know last year was a little bit rough for him, but then again, it was rough for basically the entire Red Sox organization. Um, yeah, once they treated Workman, he thrived. Right. And, um, you know, in that relief pitcher metric that you and I have been, you know, sporadically keeping up with, Barnes has always looked pretty decent in that metric, mm-hmm. um, getting guys out efficiently, stuff like that. Out of Vino. You know, they might want to use in that role just to stick it to the Yankees. Like, hey, you gave up a guy who could close, but uh, the Yankees don't care because they've got, like, four other dudes in their bullpen who can close. Um, But I I lean Barnes until the wheels completely fall off, and then I think they give it to, uh, you know, Mr. Zero, Adovino, who I think would be in a setup role right now. I think they're going to trade both of them. I mean, that would make the most sense. They're both on do. expiring contracts. And try to get some, some you know, a prospect or two from a contender who would need some bullpen help midseason. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. would make that move and then put maybe Darwin uh, the Hernandez back there yeah, for a time I, being. I can, see, I can see Hernandez and Salamura splitting that once that happens. Salamura actually has pretty – he's been hitting 96 with his fastball and has a good splitter. He's having a hard time assimilating to the states. I, I think yeah, I that's think the issue be... with him is is control, right? Doesn't he have a yeah. walk problem? Well, 
in the one game, but he was also one out away from getting out of that inning, and then things got away. I didn't they, he have they like keep... twenty eight walks in forty one innings last year? Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, I think something like that. He had some some pretty good walk issues. Uh, I think same... Urban Feltman, by the way, is a sneaky guy in the second half for Boston. I was on him like two years ago, and then he was terrible. But I, I would like to see him turn around. I know. You got to be patient with these relievers. You never know when they're going to pop. Uh, speaking of, we don't know, Philadelphia, I mean, <laughs> they're on record. Girardi today in a, in a quote on the Phillies mailbox uh, segment on MLB.com was saying, well, we haven't really talked about who might be the closer. Opening day is two weeks away. And, yeah. and he stated he wanted to have one person. Now, the other day it went, because some beat writers were saying that the the, the closer would work closest to the starting pitcher, so he faced the, the, the better hitters. So there was one day, it was Bradley, then Alvarado, and then Neris. And then yesterday, it was Neris, Alvarado, Bradley. So you can't, even, you can't even figure out the patterns with this team. Do you have a lean one way or the other? I mean, as of right now, you're probably avoiding this bullpen. But uh, if you had to pick one, who would it be? Uh, I'd actually go with a dark horse and go Brandon Kinsler. No, he is washed. I don't know, man. They were talking. I was watching a couple of spring training games from them this he's, past he's week. He's been nowhere near this this triumvirate. No. No. Well, okay, but their point was on the broadcast that his stuff isn't nearly as fast as the other guys, so you can bring him in for a change of pace, uh, type guy. <laughs> And, by the way, there's a couple of different guys on that Phillies team that really pushed for them to sign Kinsler in the offseason. Um, but, I mean, I'm going with the dark horse on that one. I'm not saying he's going to be the opening day closer. I think it may trickle down to him. Um, but I think ultimately they signed Bradley to be the closer. Like, I think that was the point of the deal. Well, I do too, but he's 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 maxing out at ninety three point four. He was at ninety five in two thousand nineteen when he was doing well. Last year, he was still at uh, he was still uh, a tick higher at ninety four. He he's two miles per hour below two years ago. Yeah, but you don't necessarily need the speed, right? You need control. You need movement. You need deception. Yeah, but he's got the highest whip of those three this spring. I, you got to look at whip. You look at you look at KBB and you look at whip, and he's behind both of them. Yeah, right well, was Angel Hernandez behind the plate for any of those? Because that might have changed his whip in one in one outing. They've all pitched the same day, so it would have affected them all equally. <laughs> Theoretically, um, <laughs> you're I reaching, go, baby. You're reaching. I would go Bradley. I think he ultimately gets it. I think that's why they signed him. Again, that's what I thought they had in mind too. But we want to see that velocity tick up. Uh, yeah, you want, it you, might, you want it, even. It, it might, you know, he might just need a little bit longer to get the arm warmed up and ready and and whatnot. You know, the same thing is said about Zach Grinky every year. Oh, his velocity is only hitting eighty nine in spring, and then we get to like the third start of the regular season, and he's back up to like ninety two, ninety three. So. Well, Grinky has a track record. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you're getting me sidetracked here. Um, <laughs> San Diego, there's even more questions. So we, we've got Mark Melanson right now has 
five walks versus one strikeout through 5.1 innings this spring. Um, Pagan, as much as I don't want to say it, um, he's struggled a little bit. His last outing was better. Uh, Keone Kayla is actually pitching maybe the best of the right-handers in all this mess. It's not going to be Pomerantz. He's going to get saves, but he's not going to be the closer because they he's one of the only lefties standing in that bullpen right now with Strom with a knee injury and Castillo out for the year. So of the right-handed mess there, which Padres reliever are you betting on to lead the team and at least lead those right-handed relievers and saves this season before they make a deal at the deadline? I might go Kayla in this one. All going with the dark horse. Yeah, I mean, I feel it's, like it's, he's it's, done it's it. Never been, it's never been re- stuff. That guy is it's no, health. it's never been stuff. It's always been attitude and clubhouse, right? I mean, they wanted and, him out of Pittsburgh health. for like a while. Um, but he's also done it more effectively more recently. I feel like then, you know, Pagan was never really the true guy in Tampa. Um, Melanson, that guy has been, you know, I feel like he was He's Houdini. He puts people all over the bases and somehow gets out. Yeah. Uh, How do you have a... He's been signed to be the guy in like the last two or three stops and he's never really turned out to be the lockup guy that they expect him to be. How do you have uh, one earned run this spring with a 1.88 whip? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you said it, five walks and one strikeout, and <laughs> the guy's just escaping. At some point, that's got to turn on you, right? And San Diego is built to win now, right? Like, this is their window to really compete. Um, so I, I think I would go with Kayla in that one right now. Interesting. Uh, Diamondbacks, do, do they have a plan? Will be the first question. Uh, Cole Calhoun was swinging a bat today, uh, so so we'll we'll start with that. Does does Dalton Varsho will play over or under three hundred at bats in the majors this year? Over or under? Under. I agree. Uh, I, I think he's. I think I've seen some people maintain now, there'd be no question that Varsho was going down to the minors. I think I think Calhoun's ahead of schedule if he's swinging a bat today. I, I got him for pennies on the dollar in TGFBI. Um, I, I'll take that all day. I, I can wait a couple of weeks, and if he gets in there, I'll just put him in when I need power. Um, I tried to structure my my bench so some weeks I'll put speed in when they got the right matchups, and then other weeks I'm just going to load up on power and just keep keep maximizing matchups the best that I can uh, in, in those well, situations. I mean- so here's the thing with Varsho, right? If Calhoun was healthy, they'd have no need for Varsho in the outfield. Right? I mean... Well, Trace Thompson's hitting well. I mean, it's just goofy. It's, I, right. I, and then you've got David... And if Pernal, they... If, you've got Cattell Marte and Tim LaCastro, and you've got Cole Calhoun. Like, you don't need Varsho in the outfield. And, and and if you want him to develop as a catcher, he's got to do that in the minors. Right, because he's not going to get everyday playing time. You've already got to give it to Carson Kelly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think he gets over 300 at-bats. Um, in fact, I listed him in my uh, doesn't live up to the hype section of the bold predictions uh, in the Fantasy Alarm MLB draft guide. 
Because I just don't see playing time for him, and I don't know what exactly they're trying to develop him as. I've liked him for a couple of years because he's a speedy catcher, mm-hmm. right? You can sneak right. steals he, in a catcher like you can with, like, real Muto, right? But, but, but he's, he's like Brandon Inge. He loses, he loses his value if he loses catcher eligibility. Right, because then he's just... Uh, he's just another like, guy. He's just another guy. If he's a catcher... The speed goes way up in value. The solid pop he's got goes up in value. And you don't really care so much about batting average. But if he's playing outfield, what like what do you need him for? There's four other dudes on that team that hit like him in the outfield, so Okay. Yeah, I you know, I, I am with you. We'll have to see how all that plays out. A uh, big question here in Minnesota. Will they start the clock on Alex Kirilov, who last time I looked, I believe, is three for 25 this spring? Or you have Jake Cave, but they, they've actually, when I was reading the article today about the, the roster positions, it was uh, Rooker and uh, a different guy. Not even not even any of the people we're, we're listing here. Uh, it begins with a G. Garlic. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Former Dodgers. Those, those two guys. Those two guys are out hitting Kirloff right now. I mean, I know the Twins are in win now mode, but what do they really? Ha- what do they have to gain from putting Kirloff in the opening day lineup if he's if he's struggling in spring? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think he's really played much above Double A, if at all, above Double A. Um, so I would wait on him. I think the 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 question is Rooker who I thought if it was a full season last year, we would have seen more Brent Rooker um, come up. I know Kirilov gets the hubbub because he actually made his MLB debut in the postseason last year. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's either Cave, you know, a guy who, not great, but he's an established MLB guy. You're not really, that's, you can take a hole in left field given the rest of your lineup around him. Um, or you can go with Rooker, a guy who's much closer to MLB ready. And, you know, you don't mind necessarily starting the clock on Rooker while you're saving the clock on Kirilov. So I think it's either Rooker or Cave. From what I was reading, the, they like the fact that Rooker can play first base because they open up in a National League park. Yep. That's true, too, because Rooker did get drafted as a first baseman um, and has been developed as a first baseman that, for that most might of be, the time. That might be our answer right there. Seattle, another team that has a lot of decisions to make. They've got, they're teaming with prospects in the outfield, but not to mention the fact they, they picked up Taylor Trammell as an afterthought, and he's hitting over 300 this spring and stole a base on Thursday night's game. Uh, he's pushing the envelope towards trying to break camp with this team. Uh, you got Jake Fraley. Uh, Shed Long's been injured. I, I don't think he's even going to – I don't think he has a shot at the opening day roster at this point. Uh, that 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 ship has sailed. There's going to be Dylan Moore over there. Ty France is, is stinging the ball. Looks like he's projected to be the designated hitter to open the season, and then he will take over at third base when the team trades Kyle Seager at the at the trading deadline this season. So hoping Seager hits or what? <laughs> because it's Wait, gonna be, be down hits like he has the last two years. Oh don't stop. Don't make me pull up numbers on Seager. Kelnick <laughs> is rounding in the health, but I I don't know. I 
I know with everything that happened with the egg in their face with the front office, I just don't see them putting him on the opening day roster. But where do you see all this shaking out? Um, so I think that given, you know, Clint, uh, clinic did get injured. He's working on the backfield. I saw some clips of him getting some swings in against live pitches, uh, I guess a couple of days ago now. And he was um, running the bases hard. He's ready to rock. Yeah. So the only thing that I could think with, uh, clinic is, doesn't he have, um, a thing against the Mariners for trying to manipulate his playing his his service time well that and he has boris as an agent so I mean, right yeah. and you know the whole thing the gm said or the president said before he lost his job yes that yeah. you shouldn't have said out loud and <laughs> all that good stuff um but i think ultimately it's probably fraley in left field um, dylan moore at second base and ty france at dh and then clinic will be up pretty quick um They'll just want him to get some. One day you know, after the Super Two passes, he'll be major league ready. Yeah, I think I think they'll pull a you know Chris Bryant has to work on his defense for eleven days in the minors type thing, um, <laughs> and then you know call him up and then go, hey, Chris Bryant lost his uh, you know battle with the Cubs on that one, so we're gonna you know we're gonna get an extra year out of Kalenic too. Um, I think that's probably how it works out. All right, so one second here. I'm pulling up something because you're you're downing on my boy Kyle Seeger. All right, using my SGPs from the second half of 2019 through the end of 2020 with SGPs, Kyle Seeger, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, is the ninth third baseman with with my with those money things. 26 home runs, 85 RBIs, six stolen bases, and a 252 average. I know that's not sexy, but that ain't bad. It was better than I thought it was, considering the fact he he you know puts so not Corey I, I in his player weekend jersey. By the way, that's one less run than Manny Machado. Yeah, and, and they play that's in a nine much, more RBIs, much tougher hitting ballpark than San Diego is actually. I'm just, I'm just, all I can do is give you the numbers. He's ahead of Justin Turner, Josh Donaldson, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has 16 home runs in that same time frame. Hunter Dozier, 19. There's a lot of buzzy guys that are sitting behind Mr. Non-Sexy Kyle Seeger, but I digress. All right. I only had to take umbrage with that because he's on my TGFBI <laughs> team because I let third base go too long and... That uh, was my like last shot. He was the last person on my tier going, okay, if I don't get him, I'm in desperation city. Texas outfield. Willie Calhoun's injured again. He's out for at least two weeks. That opens the door again for David Dahl. We'll have to see if he closes it. I'm really watching this Leody Tavares versus Eli White because Tavares is still struggling with his – he had a couple of hot games, but he's not making consistent contact. And every beat writer I'm reading saying Eli White's pushing him. Could could White win this job from Tavares and send him to the alternate site? He could. I mean, you got to go with the guy that's performing right now. And Leody Tavares is not that guy. I think overall skills wise, it's probably Tavares's gig long term. But you got to go with who's doing it right now because um, it's pretty tough to tell your fan base. Which, by the way, they're supposed to have a hundred percent fan capacity on opening day whatever we make of that. 
Uh, it's hard to tell your fan base, hey, that guy lit it up in spring training, looked way better than this other dude, and we kept this other dude on the roster. So, um, so we got we got live in-game updates. Tavares did hit a triple, raising his average to 231. Uh, but Eli White, uh, he drew a walk and stole a base. He's hitting 350. Yeah, it's they, pretty hard. They've got them batting first and second. I mean, that that if that doesn't tell you that the manager is looking at them in a head-to-head battle, I don't know what does. Yeah, exactly. They're they're putting them right up in the top in the premier uh, at batting spots, trying to draw walks. Spots you got to be patient. Spots you got to look for your pitch to hit. And one of them's doing it, and the other one's not. Um, so yeah, I think Eli White actually breaks camp with the team. Whoa. Um, I think David Dahl finishes their outfield. And then Chris Davis with a K winds up as the DH for the time being until Calhoun gets healthy and then probably uh, Calhoun at DH. Dave Davis did hit a home run in, in Thursday night's game. So Yeah, I mean that's what he does. Remember he hit two what, two forty three or two forty nine, like four it was, straight it years. Two forty seven. Come 247. On. There you go. Like four straight years. And then, and then now we dream of that. Second right. base. I know he's not your guy. Gavin Lux or Chris Taylor. Every beat writer I read says it's Gavin Lux's job to lose. The, I think what hurts Chris Taylor is the fact that he can play anywhere yep. and the Dodgers prefer that off the bench. Yep. I would agree with that summation. I mean, Chris Taylor, just look at the games played over the last handful of years. He's played literally everywhere. Um, you know, I'm sure looking like Joe Flacco, he could probably fill in and play a better quarterback than Joe Flacco could, too. Um, <laughs> but Taylor can play everywhere. That guy's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, Lux is basically stuck at second base as long as the defense holds up until the uh, NL gets a DH and then they could move him there. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Lux at second base full time. Um, is, is, then- Lux, is Lux one of the most underdrafted people who could give you 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases? I would say so. I would say so because, you know, they they started him down last year uh, again. and Well, he was, was a goof last on. year. He showed up out of shape and he admitted it. I, every yeah, and then they told says, him he had to go work on his swing and, you know, yeah. he was striking out a bit too much and all that good stuff. So, um I think that's why he's kind of like a post-hype sleeper, if we want to put that tag on him. Mm-hmm. Nope, um, I agree. And, I mean, Chris Taylor will still get you a healthy amount of at-bats, and he's a flyer for sure and a great bench guy. because he He's can a very in. good deep league player. Yeah, he can fill in at a bunch of different positions for you uh, in fantasy and, and still get you production. And if um, Justin Turner gets hurt, he's going to play. So I mean, Yeah, yes. and Chris Taylor may actually take a platoon with um, – AJ Pollock, because I'm still not sure they trust Pollock to play at a full time basis. Yeah, I, I, last year AJ Pollock, he's playing with house money. There's no way he's going to repeat last season. Yeah, there's no way he hit what like 23 home runs in like 40 games or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that's, yeah no, it's, he's it's not, not doing happening. It no chance. Uh, Pirates closer Kyle Crick or Rich Rodriguez? I actually think it's going to be Crick. I agree. I think his stuff is... I'd like to see one more tick, but his slider's been fantastic. His slider is really impressive. Um, and the fastball, we know he can usually pump it up into the mid-90s. Yeah, I'm with he, you. He, It'll be more. 
He's he's he gone from ninety two to ninety three to ninety four. So yeah, I'm, and, I'm uh, tracking his is, next outing. If he gets ninety five, which is where he was in two thousand nineteen, then it's giddy up. Yep, and um, you know he caught my attention when he was a, a Giants farmhand, um, and they thought he could be a starter. And the stuff never the third pitch really never panned out that much. Um, but I think Crick could be the the closer for Pittsburgh. There's still a little value there. Bad teams still get, still get. Uh, oh yeah, because, still get those saves. So Rich Rodriguez is going to get traded. Rich Rodriguez is going to be traded. I would assume so too. Yeah, the rule I have for closers is I like the teams that don't have powerful offenses for my closers. Oh yeah, it's they're going to be in a ton of close games. It's the same rule I have for kickers in fantasy football. I like the offenses that can get it to like the twenty to the thirty, and then have to kick a bunch of field goals. That's the teams I take my my kickers from in fantasy football. I'm taking my closers from teams that aren't going to blow everybody out, right? Everybody loves the big-name closers like Chapman and, you know, Edwin Diaz is on the buzz train now because he's looked really good in spring. And people like Dodgers closers. I'm like, okay, but those teams don't play close games. They blow teams out. So you're not going to get all of the save chances you want. So I'm looking at teams with so-so offenses for my closers. It, there, there's something to be said for that. Now we got a few few injury updates and some other quick topics to talk about. Cody Bellinger apparently has changed his batting stance. He's more upright. You can put him next to each other. He did hit a home run today in his second spring contest. Uh, some people are saying it's one of those Arizona high fly balls that just carried out of the park, but. Um, are you in or out on Bellinger at his present ADP, which is basically late first round in a 15 teamer or early second round in a 12 teamer? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be in on that because his shoulder looks pretty good right now. Obviously he's, he's swinging pretty decently, not with the full power we've come to see from him, but um, you know, the, the one thing the shoulder might steal from you, uh, and excuse the pun, early in the seasons is his steals because he might be a little bit cautious to like slide into the bag mm-hmm. and uh, screw up that shoulder. But no, I'd be fine with that. With, I mean, he's oh. going to hit in the heart of the best in one of the best offenses in baseball. He'll be fine. All right. Uh, we ignored part of the their rotation and the Dodgers thing. I, I left that out. Uh, two different beat writers have projected Tony Gonsolin to be in the rotation uh, and not David Price or Dustin May. Thoughts? Price gave up seven hits today in 2.1 innings. Yeah, Price hasn't looked great. Um, but then again, I he think, I think he's going to end like up in the bullpen. Years. I think he ends up in the bullpen. Yeah, so the question is, if David Price isn't there, then you're assuming he was the fifth starter with Urias as the fourth starter? Mm-hmm. Yes. I would be interested to see if Dustin May actually gets that gig. Uh, see, you're with the gift machine. Uh, all right, well, you want... No, we'll, I mean, we'll, I think... We'll his... make a side bet here. Tony Gonsolin, I say Gonsolin finishes higher on whatever player Raider we agree to. Are you taking May? I'll take May. Okay. Fair I mean, enough. I think... I'll, so I'll, May I'll send you, I'll send you a beer starter. if I lose. Okay, I'll send you one if I lose. Um... May was brought up as a starter 
And I think the only reason he's been forced into short starting is because of the way that the Dodgers have worked their rotation the last year and change. Um, But I think ultimately they want him to be a full-fledged starter. Uh, So I think it's May that gets the fifth. fifth We could could both win here because if Urias can't hold up as a starter, he ends up back in the bullpen, right? That's true. That's true. They could easily move Urias to the bullpen. Do you see a scenario where they pull a Maida with Urias? Where they start yeah. them for about 10 times and like, okay, we got to save your innings. Now you're going to the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I could see that definitely happening again. There's so many arms that can go in and out of that rotation and they built it that way. That's on purpose. Right. And they've got depth in the bullpen now. So it's like, you know, even if you're only getting a few innings from your fifth starter, you've got enough dudes. You're not going to blow through your bullpen. Yeah. To, to you know, fill in for that day. So we got tough news for uh, Mets fans. Carlos Carrasco suffered a strained hamstring or maybe even a, a tear. They're saying yeah, he's going to be out for six to eight weeks, at least. That's at the least. that's the initial, and then they'll have to see how it's healing. So um, that's going to move David Peterson into the fourth spot in that rotation because um, obviously uh, Syndergaard is still injured as well. Um, he hit 96 the other day. He did. He wasn't 100%, which, you know, get ready because if Thor's tra- – although I actually like Thor's stuff when it's not at, like, 100. Yeah, he, I'd His rather, yeah, stay, stay 96, 98, give me some movement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When he cranks it up, it flattens out, and that's when he gets hit more. Um, when it stays, like, 96, it gets nice run on it, and it becomes a lot more unhittable. Um so I guess the question is, is it going to be uh, Lucchese or Jordan Yamamoto in that fifth spot, or are they just going opener? Well, they, they might, or they might use those two as a tandem. Just, yeah, just use them as a tandem, I guess. To but the key there is you have to know who's pitching second because that's where the wins lie. Right, because the first guy clearly isn't going to get any wins because you have to pitch five innings if you're a starter, but who cares how many you pitch if you're the second guy in. So, I mean, that, uh, remember that year Ryan Yarborough won – I think 13 of his 16 wins were working as the tandem guy. I mean, you just, yeah, I played him. You can vulture up, you can vulture up wins like crazy. Yeah. I played him in DFS because you got the win bonus and he was always cheap because he wasn't going to pitch that minute. Like he wasn't the starter or the name brand guy. I'm like, go play him, save money, vulture a win. You're going to get strikeouts, you know? (laughs) Um, So you were talking about movement. I wanted to ask you about a guy, uh, Logan Webb, he's flying way below the radar. He burned people, another post-hype guy, potentially. Uh, the Giants have a little room in that rotation. I know people are waiting to see if Aaron Sanchez can get in there. I still yeah. see a pathway where Sanchez ends up as the right-handed complement to McGee in high leverage, but we'll see what happens. Um, but Logan Webb's changeup has been really, really good this spring, and Kirk Casale, who was a catcher with the Reds last year and saw Luis Castillo's firsthand said that Webb's is not that far behind Castillo's. Uh, is this somebody that people can get for their walk-off pick and drafts and maybe hit the lottery? Yeah. I mean, I don't see him being like a top 10 starting option, but he's going to be no. way better than a guy you take, you know, is your Mr. Irrelevant, so to speak. So, 
Um, yeah, I really like Logan Webb. I've liked his stuff since he's been in the minors with the with the Giants. The Giants farmhands never seem to get all that much attention, but they generally come up and they're pretty good baseball players. So, yeah, Logan Webb, he's taken a little bit more time to develop than maybe we all thought he would. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, comping his changeup to Luis Castillo's, whose changeup is known as one of the best in baseball, um, that's a pretty good compliment there. Yeah, when a catcher says catcher. that, I pay attention. Yes, yeah. he's, he sees it firsthand. We don't. Right, exactly. He sees it, he calls him, and then, you know, the guy delivers. So it's one thing for the manager to say it, but your manager's always going to talk up guys, right? Like, he's going to give you the coach speak. Oh, this guy's great. This guy's awesome. And he could have, like, a 97 ERA. Um, but the catcher, the guy who's sitting there watching the pitches move or not, and says, hey, this guy is pretty equivalent to, uh, you know, one of the top 15 pitchers in baseball. You got to pay attention to that. Uh, one more with the Giants. Reyes Maranta, he he was actually very good the other day. He got three strikeouts. He entered a game with people on the bases. Uh, reports had him hitting 95, while a different beat writer said he was sitting 94 to 95. Now, obviously, in his breakout season, he was he was at 98 miles per hour, but it's going to take time for him to get back there. Are you in or out? on Maranta getting 15 saves. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that action. Um, I think they want him to be the closer, in Mm -hmm. all honesty. Um, And again, I don't think he has to top out at 98 to be effective. I think he's just going to keep the hitters off balance, move it a little bit more. Um, And again, the Giants are going to be in a bunch of close games. Mm -hmm. Like They're not going to blow people out. I, I think there's a pathway for him and McGee to both get 15 saves. Yeah. I I mean, I see that too. I mean, it's the same thing people are talking about with Fairbanks and Castillo in Tampa Bay, right? Everybody sees them as splitting the closer duties on well, a night-by-night night basis. You, and Anderson's velos the other day were not very good. He got hit hard by the Pirates. Nick I was Anderson? watching that game, yeah. He, yeah, I don't think he's was, closer His fastball was two miles per hour below normal. I think he's in the mid-relief discussion right now, or a setup man, and I think it's going to be Fairbanks and Castillo on a night-by-night basis, whichever one is fresher, whichever one matches up better. Um, so I could see that happening with McGee and Maranta in San Francisco, and they're not blowing people out out by the bay. So, yeah, I could see Maranta getting 15 saves. Okay, last question before we end. And I know Bender had the GM on on the show, and it was actually covered in Alec Lewis's article on the Athletic, which is pretty cool to see. To see the uh, one of the flagship uh, fantasy alarm people being being quoted in a uh, in an article on the Athletic. So, uh, can I love Bobby Witt Jr. too much? Is that such a thing? I don't think he makes the opening day squad. I really. Why do you got to break my heart? I've been asked this question about 17 times in Fantasy (laughs) Alarm Chat this week since that interview. Um, So here's the thing. You know how many games Bobby Wood Jr. has played in a professional level? 37, and they were all at the the Fall League. Right? The guy's putting on a show at spring training. Okay. That's awesome. We've seen other guys put on shows in spring training and then can't come up and do anything if you're the royals why start the clock on bobby witt jr right now right that's the logical answer 
Why start the clock? You know you're not going to win the division this year. You know you have a bumper crop of guys coming they're, up starting. I'm, they're a sneaky year. team. They are a sneaky team. I think they're good, but I don't think they're playoff ready just yet. If we right? had last year's playoff system, I'd bet them to make it. Right. That's the other thing. We don't have the expanded playoffs. So um, I think in that division, you've got two playoff teams already there with the White Sox and the Twins. Doesn't mean the Royals can't make it, but, you know, you've got a couple of pretty, three pretty good teams in the AL East with the Yankees and Rays and Blue Jays, and we're not even talking about the AL West. So I don't think the Royals are a playoff team just yet. I think they will be next year because they have a bumper crop of prospects coming up. Um, you know, Daniel Lynch is a really good pitcher that's yeah. coming. Asa Lacey is going to be a beast. Uh, Kyle Isbell in the outfield. You've got a couple of other uh, outfield guys coming up. You've got a young catcher in that system that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, so they've got a bumper crop of dudes coming up next year. If Bobby Witt Jr. is really that good, he could go two or three levels in the minors this year. And then make a case next year, or maybe late this year in September when the when the games played don't count towards his service time again. Last year they did, this year they won't. Um, so I don't think he's, I don't think, at best it's second half. At best. <laughs> but can we cool it with the, I know the guy said he had an open mind, but is he going to sit there and, Poop all over his guy who's lighting up spring training. Like, at some point, you just got to go, yeah, the guy might do it, even though you know he's not coming up. Uh, Leo Tavares heard us. He just got his second hit and scored his second run. Well, there you go. <laughs> so he, he's up to 259 now. So it's those small sample sizes. You can jump up 29. Spots all right, and batting average in one all night. All right, here's here's the walk off. My boy Jonathan India, two for four. He hit a home run in this game. Does he break camp with the Reds? I think he does. Okay, I think he does. I think there's there's enough fluid of fluidity. Is he is he a good OBP guy? Because I hope no one from Tout is listening, but he might be like a dollar corner infielder for me. Yeah, I mean, when he was drafted, he was known as a guy who was a professional hitter at that point. Um, so he's not like... I mean, I love well, that ballpark. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Great American Small Park, right? Like, that thing's a launching pad. Um, I don't know that he gets full playing time right off the bat, but I do think he breaks camp as a, as a you know, a guy you can bring in in utility spots and move if, him. If around. I don't bid on him, I might just get him on my bench because it would be very nice to have a guy that could go uh he'll he'll have third base eligibility then if he can add second base, that's fantastic having second, third, middle and corner. Yeah, because there's not a whole lot of dudes that can do that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, like the other guy that comes to mind that would be able to do that would be Keston Hero with second and first when he, you know, plays enough games at first. Yeah, LeMayhew has it, but he's one of the few well, yeah, and, and it's He's funny because not I had, going anywhere near Jonathan India in draft. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm I'm a little down on Lemayhu, but in, in the points format, boy, having all that multiple eligibility and his lack of strikeouts, uh, I might have to go an extra dollar on him. Yeah, and leadoff hitter for the Yankees has got to be worth at least another buck. 
Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to say no to. But all right, well, uh, what do you got coming up around the bend here? No pun intended with the racing. Um, yeah, so we've got, uh, Atlanta is on the docket for NASCAR this weekend. Um, Dan Malin will have coverage for the truck series and Xfinity series races that are both happening on Saturday. He may even cover the cup playbook. We shall see. I have a 13 hour baseball draft on Saturday. Yes, that's right. 13 hour baseball draft. Normally it's in person in Atlantic city this year. It's on zoom cause you know, COVID. Um, so he may cover the, uh, the cup playbook for me on saturday we'll see uh other than that there's a player debate out with dan malin and myself about ozzy albies i am uh down on albies he is pro on albies um some interesting points made on both sides um and as for that you know we more baseball content coming as we get closer and closer to the season i hear you so uh i've been doing Yeoman's work, uh, the spring hitter updates. I've been I've been turning in at least five bullet points every single day, uh, trying to encompass what's been happening. I've already got a couple of lineups to dissect tomorrow. The Blue Jays being one of them. Um, I was shocked to see uh, Wilson Contreras might be batting second for the Cubs. He's moving up my. I got to adjust him in my rankings if that's going to come to fruition. Uh, I, I turned in six player profiles today. Uh, we're trying to get those wrapped up in a bow before, uh, opening day gets here. So obviously we're under the gun here with, with the weekend looming and finishing up my, uh, my, my draft prep for the head to head auction and tout wars on Sunday. So Matt, best of luck to you and your, uh, Leviathan marathon, whatever you want to call it, yeah, auction that you're going to do on auction. Saturday. And by the time you're punch drunk, I'll be doing the same thing, but not quite as intense on, it's going to be more intense from the scrutiny aspect. Cause not only, uh, is this my first time in tout wars, it's also going to be on air on Sirius. So, um, Howard gets to pan me at will if I make a bad bid. As does Jim Bowden. Oh, interesting. Wonderful. I wonderful. on that broadcast too. Great, great. That's all I need. So yeah, Sunday will be uh, definitely a scrutiny afternoon, but I'm going to do my best to uh, hit my marks and try and represent uh, Fantasy Alarm to the best of my ability in that auction. And I appreciate the stuff that you gave me to prepare and that's going to wrap things up. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. If you have not bought the draft guide, please do so ASAP. There's tons, tons of stuff still adding in there all the time. Not to mention Colby, myself, and Jen's videos and the player profile content. Matt takes a care of all the prospect stuff. So we'll keep that rocking and rolling. So until next time, Fancy Alarm family, be safe and we're out.